You're listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer with Gina Militia, one of Australia's leading portrait celebrity and lifestyle photographers. With over 25 years' experience in the industry, Gina is a pro photographer who regularly travels the world shooting for some of the country's top magazines and advertisers. She is author of four best-selling books on photography, runs workshops and mentors aspiring photographers all around the world. In conversation with journalist, interviewer and budding amateur photographer Valerie Koo, Gina reveals what it takes to build a successful photography business, provides a sneak peek into life behind the lens and talks about her tips and techniques to get the perfect shot. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 66 of So You Want to Be a Photographer. My name's Valerie Koo and I'm here with Gina Militia. How are you, Gina? I'm great, Val. You're sounding so much better this week. That's good to hear. Yeah, I'm coming out of the flu, which, you know, the super flu that knocked me over. the super flu. (laughs) I think it was like the super flu. Yeah. But uh, feeling a lot better. My brain is back to 100%. My body, not quite so much. I'm not ready to go back to the gym yet. Right. But uh, hopefully I will be by the end of the week. Good to hear, Val. And you're well? I'm great. Yeah, it's been um, a, a busy week. Lots of I've just uh, finished a, a couple of cover shoots and um, some TV stuff. So I was having to turn around stuff um, very quickly. So it's always hectic when you have to do that. But, yes. Uh, Oh, good. Excited about this week's podcast. Yes. Excited about the topic. This week's topic is called The Matrix, Camera Metering Modes Explained Without the Need for a Science Degree. Uh Now, this is quite useful because I do not have a science degree and, and I often have some questions about the metering on the on, about light metering. So I'm really keen to get stuck into this. But before we do, we have some shout outs, don't we, Gina? Yeah. So last week's episode where we talked about cliches got like quite a lot of discussion going and yes. uh, many of the listeners were good enough to uh, share their cliches because the point of the show was, you know, you can't avoid shooting in cliche and, and uh, you know, it's just a matter of knowing what they are so you can be aware of them and uh, try and develop a style eventually that's that's all your own. So, But the ones that stood out, which I loved, mm. um, were everyone seemed to have a selective colour cliche. Yes. <laughs> there were so many posted into the Facebook group. And for those of you who uh, want to have a look at the Facebook group, all you need to do is search for so you want to be a photographer podcast community and uh, on Facebook. And that's where we share our photos and chat to each other and all of that as well. But in addition to that, I want to mention that we're about to launch, da, 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 <laughs> we're about to launch the gold membership of Gina's community, which you'll find at ginamilitia.com. That's M-I-L-I-C-I-A. Now, that's slightly different because while, you know, in the Facebook group we have our discussions and and share our photos, in the gold membership of Gina's new community, which is about to launch, there are going to be new tutorials every single month that we will be posting everything from how to make your teeth whiter to how to make make your your actual teeth whiter well you know in in (laughs) post-production in post-production 
but also in post-production, how to make your eyes pop and, yeah. um, you know, also what to do in terms of what lighting style, what lighting um, you might use for different styles of photography. A whole heap of brand new tutorials every single month that are going to roll out just for our gold members. And in addition to that, gold members also get uh, personal mentoring through by Gina because yep. we're going to have a monthly mastermind and th- this I'm really excited about because basically yeah. every month uh, it, gold members get to go on, on a call with Gina and uh, have a Q&A basically yep. to ask any questions you want whether yep. it's about you know a photo critique or about particular issues with your photography or yeah. how to do you know x or y or z and uh, it's pretty exciting and i've had a look i mean not only have i had a look i've been building <laughs> the uh, community and it's so exciting because there's also a whole lot of free lightroom presets that are only available to gold members so have a look at um what it takes to join because we are going to be opening up to founding gold members and you can only join as a founding gold member until the 31st of March so and after that it just goes back to regular gold membership because founding gold members get even more love uh basically founding gold members get all everything I've just said but also they get your course Calling the shots, how to direct and pose like a pro for free. And that is valued at $297, but founding gold members get it as basically um, as part of being a founding gold member and only 100 spots are available for founding gold members. So check out GinaMilitia.com and click on join the community to find out more. Wow, so exciting. Yes. But we have a shout out to a bunch of people, including Paul Chapman, who did, as you say, upload a photo of one of his, what he called a cliche. And it was, it's, it is, as you say, selective coloring. Yeah. And what he's done is that he's taken a photo of a, a row of the bikes, the public bikes that are available in in Melbourne, uh, a row of these bikes, and it's a black and white shot, but he's he's made the bikes pop because he's made them blue. And it's yeah. just, just a great shot, isn't it, Gina? It's well, awesome. And I'm still like, you reckon bikes are a cliche, Val? <laughs> they are, aren't they? Well, when it comes to you, yes, because you're, <laughs> <laughs> you're obsessed with bikes. And, of course, we'll put all of these images in the show notes as well. Um, and, yeah, so I'm calling these the the cliche champions. So Fran Solly also uploaded an image where she's got some people, uh, a group of people walking through. It looks like the the city, mm. and uh, everyone is black and white except for the little boy who's been left in colour. And yep. it's, it's cute. Looks like a scene out of a, a sci-fi movie, doesn't it? Very cute. Yeah, and uh, Frank McAtee. Yeah, well done. <laughs> um, <laughs> Did uh, a great uh, one with Sully. I, I, I would maybe call this the double cliche, Val, because he's got the reflection. He's got a stop sign uh, at the side of a road and then it's reflected into a puddle. Everything is black and white except the stop sign is uh, he's left that red. So it stands out. Nice use of select, selective colour there and he's, too. he's put that in red in the shot as well as in the reflection. Yeah, clever. 
Very the double clever. double cliche. Good shot, Frank. <laughs> and um, Katie McKenzie, uh, like another double cliche, I would call this, because uh, one of my favourite subjects, I, there's something um, very sexy about umbrellas, Val. You reckon? Don't you think? Uh, I don't, I'm not, I uh, know. I think it's of a, rain. Do you? Is that what it's like? For me, I find them. Uh, I think of losing them. Romantic. Mm. There's something, you know, but that, I think that's why a lot of photographers are drawn to them as subjects. But she's actually photographed a, a beautiful uh, image of a single tree mm. um, up against a, a lake. And then in the tree, there's uh, four uh, red umbrellas that she selectively coloured. So everything in the image is black and white except for these beautiful umbrellas and it's kind of got this surreal feel to the mm. shot. I love it, actually. I think yeah. it's really cool. I love a bit of a cliche. I don't mind a cliche. Nah, bring them on. Yeah. All the better. That's why I named these the cliche champions. <laughs> <laughs> so we also have a shout out to Mardi A, who has written us a review on iTunes. And uh, Marty has said, awesome podcast. Photography is my hobby and I've tried many different things to improve. And I have to say, this podcast is one of the most helpful and the best one I found. Gina generously shares her tips, techniques, and more importantly, her experiences and mistakes. I don't know how, but Valerie knows what you might want to ask Gina and she asks it for you. (laughs) It's a long time that I'm listening to it. And when I look at the photos that I t- have taken after listening to the podcast, I can see how Gina's helped me improve. Thanks, Gina and Valerie. Thanks, Marty. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> <So nice. laughs> I'm psychic. That's how I know the, the, yes. <laughs> the questions to ask. But thank you so much. And you, you've made our day. And uh, if, if you do have uh, 30 seconds to leave us a rating, a review on iTunes, we'd really appreciate it because it certainly helps us in the rankings. And thank you to everyone who has left us a rating, a review on iTunes. We really, really appreciate it. Now, we're going to move on to a listener question from Jessica Roberts-Booten, who is from Los Alamos in the United States. Thanks for listening all the way from Los Alamos. Where is that, Val? Somewhere in the United States. Right, okay, fair enough. <laughs> I think I it's in New Mexico. Oh, cool. That's I th- well. Th- I I assume that's what NM stands for. Right. Uh, so, but Jessica has said. I just want to say thank you, thank you. I've learned so much listening to your podcast. I've always been interested in photography, but finally am being able to really dive in and learn. My husband and I have eight children. Oh, that's so impressive. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Well done just for that, Jessica. Worth mentioning just because of that. So Jessica continues, so time to shoot is limited (laughs) and they are my main subjects. Oh, my God. I'm still on eight children. I'm still – I'm – that's amazing. You're you're amazing. That's incredible. Uh, Jessica says, I shot these photos of my daughter trying to use the composition rules, which we discussed a couple of episodes back on how to compose an awesome shot. And Jessica said, I would love some feedback. I really haven't processed them a lot as I'm just starting to learn my way around Lightroom and Photoshop. 
Now, what Jessica's done is, and we'll put the images in the show notes, but she's got some great shots of her daughter. One uh, is of her daughter sitting sort of framed by um, some columns of a building. Another one is of the back of her daughter wearing a red jacket, but overlooking a lovely scene. But um, she also asks a question about exposure. Is that right? Or... No, she doesn't ask a question about exposure. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, so regarding these shots, Val, um, just my feedback, if, first of all, like how amazing that you've got eight kids that you that, that will yes. let you photograph them because it's like, you know, every day you could have a different one to photograph. I wonder if she's got a favourite child. <laughs> I think probably not. Probably like, not. <laughs> But um, the location looks absolutely stunning. And um, I think you've done a great job on both these images. So the first shot where you've got the uh, your daughter um, framed by the columns, I love that there's like sort of your lead into the shot. Um, the only thing I would probably tweak in this, and uh, you'll, you'll get a lot out of this episode, is just that the exposure on the face is possibly a little bit dark um, and it could be brightened and that's just uh, the way you expose the image. And uh, the old, old, after you listen to this episode, uh, you'll, you'll, you'll know uh, your way around that really well. And, uh, but a great shot. And then the, I love the shot of the little girl. Um, she's got her back to us. So there's a lot of uh, mystery and intrigue, Val. I could see this on a book cover, don't you think? Mm-mm. You I, know? Yeah, I love it. I love that she's wearing a red jacket because yeah. that really pops. But for me personally, I would probably just see a hint of the face, just the, the tiniest, tiniest side of it or something like that um, because I think that the hair, the way the hair is at the moment, you're not really sure exactly where the, where the, where the child is looking. That's what I like about the shot. You can just mm. make it your own, yeah, because she could be looking to the side, she could be looking straight ahead, and I like that we can we can finish the story kind of thing, you know. Right. I, I, I love this image. Um, Composition-wise with this, you could probably um, – scooch the uh, girl across to uh, camera right a little bit more. She is off centre, which is is a good thing. You could probably uh, have her tweaked across a little bit more. But aside from that, um, I love it. It's great work. I can't wait to see more. Yeah, great. Mm. So we also have a question from, who's it from? Well, it is. It's Jessica again. So it's like the Jessica show today. And okay. I thought because she had eight kids, Mm. She deserves a bit of like, you know, special treatment because she's probably worked hard her whole life. So she happened <laughs> to ask the question that caught my eye about, she, she said that several times uh, I've mentioned in podcasts that I like to meet her off the face yes. um, in my lighting. And um, so she's a bit confused. She's like, are you talking about a handheld meter or the camera, like using a spot meter? And uh, That's and a so, very good question. Yes. So there was a lot of uh, discussion and Doug Smith and Rob Morris and Fran Solly also have asked similar questions. So I thought I'd dedicate a whole podcast to, to, to the question of metering. And in particular, I really want to focus on how to meter for good skin tones. Yeah, today. great. All right. So awesome. um, shall we dive in? Yeah, let's dive in. Where do we start on, on this? All right. So 
the first thing I, I kind of want to explain um, quickly is like how how light actually works <laughs> very quickly in okay. kind of Gina language. So basically, <laughs> when we're photographing something and we're specifically using um, the camera to to meter which to to take the photo, there's two ways that you can read the light. You can actually uh, read the actual light that's hitting your subject, okay, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or you can read the light that is reflecting off your subject. Now, a light meter. Mm -hmm. You hold, so we all know what a light meter is. It's like a little uh, con contraction about the size of your hand. It's got like a little white dome. And you've probably seen photographers holding them up in, in front of people's faces or holding them up in the air. And then um, it takes a reading. That's taking a reading of the actual light as it's hitting the subject. Mm -hmm. Yep. When, when you point your camera at something, so say you're photographing someone standing in a, in a location or you want to take a photo of a location, mm -hmm. the camera, Hans, who designed the cameras, mm -hmm. it's actually taking a reading off the light that is bouncing back towards the camera. So the light hits the subjects and it's reflected light. A light meter reads actual light. The camera reads reflected light. And the reason why this is important to know is the light is going to behave really differently. So Yes, um, that is such a great explanation, Gina. Even though I understood that intuitively and intellectually, I don't think I could have explained it in <laughs> such a simple way. But, and, and, and even though I've understood it, I don't think I really got it till you just said it then. Well, there you go. Well, that's good, Val. So this is a really important thing to know because if you understand this, that the, the, the camera is really only reading the reflected light and you know course, a couple yes. of the rules about lighting, it's going to make it all so much easier. So let's yeah. have a think about We've talked about this before when I've um, talked about um, the use of reflectors in our photos yes. and we know and and different surfaces because we know light all light lightsaber flashlight light beam any light travels in a straight line yes okay and it'll it'll if it's if something is in its way like a wall it'll hit that wall and it'll bounce back it'll reflect now depending on the surface it'll either reflect more light back or less so if you stand outside with a mirror and the sun hits that mirror, that light is going to reflect off that mirror at the same sort of, it's going to be quite a powerful light that you get it's off that mirror. blind you. Yes, because it's very <laughs> bright because it's a shiny surface. So shiny surfaces reflect light really well. But if I went out there and stood uh, in, in, and, and aimed a piece of uh, black carpet at the sun. Yes. The sun hits that bit black carpet and it kind of absorbs and like a little bit of light will kind of back off, but, mm. but nowhere near the <laughs> amount. <laughs> How's it go? That, the, 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 the light will go bleh, back. Bleh. It's a technical term. <laughs> yeah. um, but, but, but I just wanted to emphasize what happens. It actually absorbs all the light. So mm. you don't get a lot of light reflecting. So think about like if you're – Say you're photographing Rexy Val. Yes. And you take Rexy out. Mm -hmm. Rexy is white. Rexy's your yes. cat. Yes. He's white. Yes. And photograph him in the snow. Oh, yes. All right. Mm -hmm. 
your camera, if you take a shot, um, you're going to look down and you'll do it all on automatic. Your mm. camera is going to take a photo and it's going to, you're going to see the screen. The photo is going to be very dark gray. Rexy will be gray and yes. the snow will be gray. Because okay. my camera is thinking, oh my God, there's so much light around. I'm going to automatically let less light in. Well, something like that. <laughs> All right. So, so basically, and then have you ever like if you had a black cat and you photographed yes. it in a black room and mm. you took a photo of that, right? You look down at your screen and you're going to get a grey image, right? Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, do you want to know why that happens? Because this is frustrating. I see this happen all the time. Whenever I'm shooting people on set, often my set is uh, either a white psych or mm. white roll paper, and then I've got all my white lights and everything is white. Yes. And I'm shooting away. I'm getting great shots, and then someone will try and take a behind-the-scenes shot with their um, their um, zippy little camera, mm -hmm. and they'll take a shot. And then they'll go, why is it so dark? Why can't I get it to look like yours? Mm -hmm. Because the camera is compensating for what it sees. So yes. I have to go, I have to talk about Hans now to make this all really uh, st stand out for okay, everyone. Okay, so, right? so if you're new to this podcast, we've got this friend called Hans. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, not really. So basically when Gina refers to Hans, she's referring to uh, the the fictitious guy called Hans who programs all cameras in the world, probably somewhere in Germany if his name is Hans, and yeah. he program he he does all the pre-programming for cameras in the way he sees fit. But yes. he doesn't necessarily take into account that there are many situations, many and varied situations that your camera might be in. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. so Hans, my generic term for the guy that programs the camera. And you have to admit, they've done a pretty good job. There's many, many situations where you've got to think about it. That, Like, you know, 30 years ago, uh, we had to work this out all for ourselves. Yeah. And now, like, they're fully automated and you can point a camera at most scenes and get like a pretty good shot back. Like you can do a landscape and as long as it falls within certain parameters, you're going to get a great shot. But the thing is that Hans, mm. when he programmed the camera, he's thinking, I need to create a camera that works on an average. Right. On an average across all sort of scenarios, mm -hmm. right? Do you and think Hans average... is cute? Yes. You do think Hans is cute? Yeah. What in do you a think sexy he looks... scientist sort of a way. Really? You know? What yes. actor would play Hans? Um, I'm trying to think. Hmm. It has to be credible. It couldn't be like Liam Hensworth because that's not credible. You could just like can't see him as a scientist. No. You know? No. And too young. So he'd kind of have to be like he's in his 50s. Oh, he's in Hans. his 50s. Yeah. Yeah, because he has to have the experience, Val. He, he could can't be, be programming could... cameras and being oh, your yes. No, <laughs> no offence to anyone. With all apologies, in... but you know, apologies to anyone in their thirties. But like the camera companies wouldn't hire them. You know, maybe, you've got to work your way up. Maybe he would look like Michael Fassbender. Who's that? He's he's playing the new Steve Jobs in the next Steve oh, Jobs yeah. movie. I okay. Can... Anyway, we digress. Sorry, Hans. So. So Hans is, uh, has programmed the cameras based on an average, and that yes. average is Hans 
Before this book became a movie, Hans wrote the original and everyone else ripped it off. Hans wrote the original Fifty Shades of Grey. He uh. wrote it and he <laughs> wrote it based on photography because the way the camera light meter has been programmed is that the average is they want to be a middle grey as the midpoint of every correct exposure. So that's why when the camera takes a photo of Rexy out mm. in the snow, mm. it's going to say that for this exposure to be correct, there needs to be a middle grey in this image. And so right. when it's like all one level of colour, like all white, it'll just make it mid-grey. When it sees everything all black, it'll create mid-grey as the correct exposure. Average, 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 averages it out. Okay? okay. So that's why it works when you do a landscape and you've got lots of different scenes, but like when it's the extremes like that, mm. you get back, it'll always bring it back to the average of mid-grey because it's reading the reflected light from the shot. All right? Okay. So um, the, the cameras that Hans designs, they've all got different metering modes, Val. So it's not just one way that your camera will meter. There's, some have four, some have three, but they've all got like a, you know, a basic few. And you can actually change the way your camera will see the subject. So you yes. can help it along and you can kind of um, know that in certain situations where you've got more areas of brightness or darkness in a shot, you can help yourself out all yes. right, and get a better shot. So um, before I go on and launch into the different metering modes and how to uh, get a great skin tone in particular for your portraits, I have to say that there is, if you really, really uh, want to get accurate readings for skin mm -hmm. tones or for any shot, I, I always recommend, and in all my books I say this, get a light meter. You will the never hand go held, handheld, the handheld light meter. light meter. You will always get a, an accurate reading. You will get the exact reading of the light on whatever situation you're working in, daylight studio, wherever you are, absolute accurate reading, spot on perfect. We could end the podcast here. Get a light meter. That's how you get a good exposure. <laughs> but not everyone's going to get a light meter. Okay, now, I have a question. No, do, do, you yes. have, do you use your light meter on a daily basis when you're shooting? Yes. Your, your handheld one? Yes. All the time? Yes. Even if you are traveling? Yes, but um, yeah, I will. Because I know that I will get, and I will be lazy sometimes, Val, mm -hmm. occasionally, and just I, I know I can um, use what the camera gives me and then override the camera settings and get the right exposure. But for the most part, I will pull the light meter out because I, that's the way I am. Yeah, sure. So about no? how much is a, is a entry-level light meter so people get an indication. You can pick one up for a, 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 a two, two or $300 for an entry level. There are cheaper ones. And like I invite any of the listeners who maybe have tried, there are ones that you can attach to your iPhone valve. Mm. Okay. For about $50 that will just do um, uh, daylight. 
readings. Yes. But I think they would come in very handy for um, for portrait shooters. So they exist and uh, and there's also, I always recommend, again, there's thousands floating around on eBay, get a second-hand one. You yes. know, there's the great ones. The one that I use, the Minolta that I've had for 25 years, has now been uh, remade. The, the company got taken over by Konica, I think. Um, and uh, you can actually get that light meter. That's a very good light meter. And then the, there's ones that make coffee and check your <laughs> tyre pressure and... <laughs> Like they cook your linguine for you. They do everything. They're amazing and, and they're so about $800. You've had your light meter for 25 years? I've had my light meter for 25 years. I love it. Love oh, my it. God. Okay. I would, be, I would be devastated if I lost that. And it just works. It's like an old, like, you know, old Ford. Uh, it's just like mechanical and it just works and it just keeps going and going and going. So, um, so. So that's what I say, get a light meter, but like not everyone's going to have a light yeah. meter. And there are, of course, if you're just shooting with your uh, digital camera, there are going to be, in most situations, it's going to do a pretty good job. Okay. Mm -hmm. If you're shooting on automatic, you're going to get okay shots, but you're not listening to this podcast because you just want okay shots. Mm -hmm. You want to go to the next level. And a lot of people are really starting to experiment with shooting in manual mode. And then we've yes. got the pro shooters that really want to take it to the next level, but still get a bit bamboozled by why they're not getting correct uh, skin tones when they're taking readings. So um, the the I just want to talk about the uh, the settings the the uh, on in the camera. It's different uh, metering settings. So yep. basically, when um, when you look through uh, your camera, the viewfinder, you mm -hmm. know that as you look through the viewfinder, you're going to see uh, a little scale. You'll have uh, zero plus one, plus two, and yep. minus one, minus two, right? Yep. That's your light meter in there. And if you're shooting on um, automatic and you change the metering mode uh, in your camera, it's going to change uh, the set, all the settings for you. So yep. just we, we know that, right? So now we're going to go into if you're shooting in manual mode mm -hmm. and then we switch over the metering styles it's the camera will only won't change anything for you. It'll just give you suggestions based on what you've selected. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you've got all these different metering modes, and I just want to run through them and why you would uh, the basic ones, and then I'm going to talk about how to use them to best get uh, a good skin tone. All right. Okay. So, yep. um, so basically, you've got in most cameras the default setting is called the matrix or evaluative. Now, matrix would have to be the coolest name <laughs> for any setting ever, ever, ever invented, don't you think? Okay, yes. What? Come on. <laughs> the matrix. <laughs> yes. Great. Okay. So, so basically what uh, matrix is, Nikon's uh, uh, name for this style of metering and uh, Canon and other cameras call it evaluative. And this is what you, Hans programs into the camera as the default setting. So when you turn your camera on the first time you ever use it, it'll be set to this mode. Uh, and basically mm – -hmm. You were going to say something about? No, I was going to ask you what probably what you were going to say next and what does it actually take into account? So basically uh, matrix or evaluative, we're just going to call it matrix because it just sounds so much cooler. Okay. <laughs> uh, what it does is it, 
it takes uh, an image and it divides it into different sections. Like sometimes, and it depends on the manufacturer, but it might be it'll divide your image into five different sections or four or six, but it varies. And it'll, it'll look at the image that you want to photograph and it'll say, okay, well, there's some uh, bright areas here. There's some dark areas here. It looks like you're focusing around the skin tone up the front. We're going to take an average of all of that and that's what how we're going to expose the photo. Clever stuff, Val. You got yes, to very clever. That's impressive. That yeah, definitely. Come up and it's like a very complicated mathematical formula that I will not even bother going into because, like, let's face it, I'm not going to get it right anyway. <laughs> so, but but that's what that is based on. So you know that is pretty cool that they can do that. Yes. Um, and so the next one uh, that uh, most uh, cameras have is uh, centre-weighted metering valve, which is oh, yeah. basically where the camera will will take a reading on uh, the majority, uh, like a, a, the centre of the frame. So it'll just assume that the all the action that you want to expose in is the centre of the frame. And uh, so you say you've got a, a model that you're photographing. Um, Hans has been clever enough to pre-program the camera to know that you're just going to be photographing that model and you want to expose for that area of the of the, of the subject and get that right. So if you've maybe got like an area that's um, uh, a bit brighter behind your subject and it, it, it'll be smart enough to know that like we want to place most emphasis on that centre part of the frame and that's what we're going to expose for. So so it'll it'll give you a pretty good exposure for that. Okay, yep. All right? Yep. Then the next one is uh, spot metering. And so what spot metering does is it takes a – it metres off a tiny – uh, takes a tiny reading of an area in the centre of the frame and some cameras have the capacity for that metering to actually be connected to uh, the focus points. So where you change your focus point, mm -hmm. that's where it's going to meter from. So like if you're focusing dead in the centre, it's going to meter off dead in the centre. Yep. But if you if you have your focus point off to the side, then it'll meter off wherever your focus point is going to be. That and it'll sense. take it'll take an accurate reading off that. And so some of the other modes as well, it will take into um will take that into account as well. So it'll say that you're focusing off this area. So obviously this is the most important part of your frame. When we work out the calculation, incredibly difficult mathematical formula. <laughs> We will take that into account that this is so it gets it pretty right for those three ways. So for basically, um, when you're starting out, mm -hmm. um, I I reckon that you that stick to the one that comes as the default setting in the camera. I would stay on matrix because okay. it just sounds cooler and it does a better job. You get an overall better image. All right. Okay. Um, now. A lot of photographers swear by spot metering. Yeah. Because they say that that's the best way to get a good skin tone. Do you know I've never used it? Really? Five years. I don't use it. Really? Because here's the drawback that I see with uh. spot metering. It's because it's such a tiny area and if you're doing a portrait under pressure and you think you're taking a, a spot reading off someone's cheek, mm -hmm. 
and let's just say you miss and like it might be a bride <laughs> veil okay uh-huh. And yes. and like you know how when you, you you've got a bride and the veil is moving around in the wind and things like that, there might only be a really tiny area of face that's actually visible. Mm-hmm. And so if you might accidentally spot off the veil and take a reading, the camera is going to give you a reading that's maybe two, three, four stops over what mm-hmm. what you expected, and you're going to get an incorrect reading. Going the other way, the model might have like a black mole on the side of her face. The spot meter is so accurate that you could hit that mole instead of the skin tone. And again, your reading is going to be inaccurate. Okay. Mm. And so, or the cut, you might hit the eye, like the, the brown of the eye or the blue of the eye, and it's going to give you a wrong reading again. So it's for that reason. And the style that I shoot in, in that I like to have uh, all of my image correctly exposed that I avoid spot metering altogether. And I pretty much stick to uh, the matrix. Wow. Style of metering. Okay. All right. Cause that gives me, a better basis. And I actually recommend uh, to everyone listening that you stick to matrix and follow the following uh, steps that I'm now going to give you to, and, and you will nail your um, exposures every time and get really beautiful skin tones. All right. So if you're just shooting landscapes and yes. things like that, matrix does okay. it for you. Sure. All right. If you're shooting very detailed and it's a whole other show because I really just want to focus on skin tones. Mm-hmm. But if you're doing like maybe products and things like that, that's a whole different thing. Maybe uh, center weighted or spot might be better. But for skin tone, I'm going to put myself out there on a limb and say, <laughs> I recommend Matrix with the following technique that I'm about to explain. Okay. All right. I'm keen to hear the, the technique. Okay, so it's the Fifty Shades of Grey protocol, Val. Uh-huh. So basically... Um, <laughs> Hans was in Fifty Shades of Grey. He invented Fifty Shades of Grey. Oh. Someone stole that idea from him. Okay. Okay, like they stole the name and everything. What is it? based on the Grey Zone system. Okay. That, that Hans used it, not on that stupid movie and book. Did you okay. read it? I tried. I <laughs> so did I, and it was just like I said, "This is rubbish." Honestly. Yeah, it wasn't very well written. No. I couldn't read it. No, um, but I did watch the movie. Um, it was my cooking movie for a little while. I just had it on the background while I was attempting. Fifty to Shades cook of Grey. Because it was free on Foxtel. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't pay very much attention well, to it. No, of course. Um, <laughs> So getting back to skin tones, Val. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so um, the, in the show notes, I've got are you, are a you a bit lost? I can't be flustered. Why? Because I um, cooked a Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, well, last night I cooked two Fast and Furious Seven. Right. Yeah, you love that whole series, don't you? I love it so much. Yes. So much. Um yeah. back to uh back to metering Val. Yeah. <laughs> so um 
in the show notes, I've got an image and I've, uh, uh, I recently shot my friend Lou Petch, mm-hmm. who's, uh, one of my favorite stylists. I, I shot her wedding for her and, mm-hmm. uh, she was kind enough to let me use the images in the show notes because they were just such good examples of getting skin tones correct. Yeah. They were extreme conditions. But the first mm. shot I've got is an image where, uh, it was shot down on the coast and, uh, the, the first shot I took, you can see the entire bridal party and all the guests walking along a pier in full sun. Yes. And I've shot that using uh, matrix metering. And mm-hmm. I would have to say that Hans has nailed it in terms of his exposure. There's detail in the blacks, there's detail in the whites, there's detail in the sky, detail in the wa- water. This shot is correctly exposed. Yes. Right? That's so that's where Hans gets it right and that's where I recommend that you stick to this style and you don't need to do anything else when you've got like large areas, landscape, maybe small amounts of people in your shot. Okay. okay. Mm-hmm. Now, when it comes to skin tone, if you get this and t- as your like a takeaway from today's show, this is going to change your life and how you see photography and how you see skin tone, okay, mm-hmm. and photographing it and getting it right. So let's imagine that we took all the skin tones in the world mm-hmm. and we took a colour swatch of each of them, <laughs> okay, all the skin tones that make up all the people in the world and we put them in a blender Okay. And we blended those swatches together. Basically, you would get mid grey as the base. And, and we've converted it to black and white, okay? Oh, and you we've converted get, it to black and white. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You okay. would get mid grey. Okay. As, as the average of every skin tone. So, so from uh, the blue black of, say, someone like Oprah to the like pale, pale, white, white, white to someone like Margot Robbie, she's got very fair, fair, fair skin. Okay. From those extremes to everything in the middle, I'm actually, I think I pretty much am a mid gray skin tone. What I'm trying to understand though, Gina, is why did Hans program it gray in the first place? Why couldn't he have programmed it to mid suntan, mid skin tone? Because it's based on um, a system of a zone uh, metering that Ansel Adams and one of his mates, who I can't remember his name, <laughs> made up uh, back uh, back in the day when they were shooting black and white. This is how they this is how they worked out a way to get a great exposure of all their images. So oh. Hans took the basis of this discovery loosely, and that's how they've programmed their cameras. So they had to find a midpoint, a happy average that they could base it on. And where it all gets confusing is we're talking about grey colours when we're photographing coloured skin tones. But it's it's about the amount of light that's reflected off a subject, right? So basically, okay, what you're so... saying, what you're saying is that back in the day, Ansel Adams, who is very famous for his black and white photography, needed to develop a system so that when he shot his black and black and white photography, it came out, you know, appropriately and accurately. So he created a system so that when he was shooting, say, people in skin tones, they he had needed a translation in black and white. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Okay. So, so you know, um, if you take uh, uh, like a mid-grey, it mm-hmm. translates to a, a tanned skin tone. Mm-hmm. 
Yes. Okay. So, you know, so like I'm a mid-grey and then there's other colours like blues would be a mid-grey as well that, that, that all translate into this scale. So, mm-hmm. um, he's like, there's, they've created a scale like it's 11 zones and um, mid-grey sits right in the middle, tan skin, up okay. one stop, Val, mm-hmm. is white skin. Mm-hmm. Down one stop is brown skin. Mm-hmm. and down two stops, dark brown, and then you've got black skin, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. So they're the different uh, scales. So if you take all the skin tones, you're going to get average, and every time the camera takes a photo of someone, it wants to bring it back to average. It wants mm-hmm. it to be grey. So no matter what you photograph, when you're reading reflected light off a skin tone, the camera will meter white skin, black skin, brown skin, as average, which is right. middle of the road. So if you point your camera and someone's got like you're photographing Margot Robbie, it'll tell you that the correct exposure for Margot is actually the really the correct exposure for someone with tanned skin. Right. So if you only take your camera and photograph people with uh, tanned skin, which is equivalent to the average that Hans dictated, right, Mm -hmm. decided, Mm -hmm. you'll always get the correct exposure. You'll never have an issue. Mm. But if you start to try and want to photograph people with lighter skin or darker skin, you're never going to get the right reading. And that's why it gets so confusing. Mm. All right? Okay. So just assume that every time that the camera reads a skin tone, it wants to bring it back to mid-grey. That's how it photographs it. As okay. Mid gray, every single skin tone. So in the show notes, um, based on Hans's Fifty Shades of Grey formula, mm-hmm. I've got a shot of my friend Lou, mm-hmm. and uh, I've taken that shot in colour and I've converted it to black and white, just so it actually really makes sense. If mm-hmm. you all go and have a look at the show notes, because you can see that. I've got my um, camera meter set to matrix. I've got a shot of Lou as a bride and I have uh, put my um, meter of the, like the point that I meter off on her skin tone and the camera has taken a reading and Lou's skin is really fair and bright white, okay? Mm -hmm. And it's come back with, when I convert it with that, you can see that her skin tone is actually too dark. It's given her a grey skin tone. Yes. But the veil... And the sky and the dress are, and her hair, which is blonde, are all perfectly exposed. Yes. But her skin tone is actually a lot darker than it really is because mm. the camera is saying that this is the right exposure to give her, to give you the Mid-grade. average skin tone. Mid-grade. Mm. All right? So when you know that, that the camera will always do that, there are tweaks that you can do. You just know that I'm always going to get, no matter what skin tone I put in front of a camera and measure this way, I'm always going to get mid-grey. So if I've got a very fair skin tone, I know that I need to overexpose my shot to get the correct skin tone. And Mm. so you can see the next shot I've overexposed by one stop and I get a realistic skin tone. Mm. The, the, but what happens is, Val, mm-hmm. the, the veil around her also gets more light on it and you start to get that blown out um, yes. light. So you get one thing or the other. And when I'm shooting, it's all about skin tone. Yeah. 
So I actually don't care that I lose detail in the veil because I want detail in this. I want I want my skin tone to look great. Okay, yeah. Not to be correct, all right? So, mm -hmm. and then there's a, like another example where I've, sh I've shown you, like, again, I've metered off her face and uh, there's also her partner there with a black suit. That's going to confuse the camera as well. Mm. But when I've got the correct exposure and you convert it to black and white, you can see the skin tone is too dark because Hans is giving you the average reading for the skin tone, which is too dark. Mm. And when I meter correctly and uh, I overexpose the shot by one stop, you mm. get a shot that looks beautiful and uh, her skin tone is actually correct. Mm. Okay, got it. All right, so the question metering off the skin tone, mm. um, it's, uh, it's confusing because uh, – the same points that the camera uses to focus are also the ones that you're using to take the readings. So um, in answer to the question, when I'm saying metering off the skin tone, I'm basically saying that, that I will put, put my focus point on an area of skin tone so that, I, that that's what the camera is taking a reading off and then I will uh, increase that. Mm -hmm. until I get it like a stop over because I know that that's how it's going to look best. Or a stop under. Or, or a stop under depending on the skin tone. So mm. if I had someone um, with very, very dark skin tone and I just let the camera automatically take a reading, their skin tone is always going to look too light. Right. It's going so, to be incorrect. It's going to keep making it um, go like a lot lighter because it's going to uh, overexpose it. So basically what you're saying is that when you are in these situations, you focus on an area of skin to obviously A, focus, but B, so that you meter off that piece of yes. skin. And then at that point, the camera will automatically go to the mid-range point and then yes. you make it then, then you make a decision as to whether to push it um, one push stop above or or one stop below, depending obviously yep. on the skin tone, and yeah. that's and, so, and you just manually you just manually override. Manually, it. so I'm making a creative decision at this point. Now, mm. how far you go again is up to you, and how far you want to uh, let your background go as well uh, is up to you. And this is a creative de a decision, and it's also uh, going to be part of uh, the whole look of your portrait. So some people overexpose a lot. Some people, like if you're, like a, the fashion look really is more of a blown out look, Val. And, mm. uh, but if you're doing a character portrait, you might actually uh, want more detail and more sort of saturation in your image. So you might stick to the settings that Hans gave you and, mm. and, and get a more detailed sort of more correct, like a documentary style um, portrait. So what are your comments to, you know, some people might say, well, isn't it just easier to fix it in post? Isn't it easier just to take the shot and... Mm lighten it later what would your comment be to that 
Well, you could do that, but that means it's it's not it's just not going to look the same because it's like you're affecting like once you start uh, having to uh, overexpose like lighten your images in post for every single one, it has a completely different look. And what happens when you start um, increasing exposure by one to two stops is your uh, image starts to get a lot of noise, like mm. an extra like like grain or or, or sort of a you know. Um, what's the um, it just gets noisier it, yes. it doesn't look as good and, and like you're better off uh, it's grainier. shooting it at the correct exposure yep. the first time because if you've got it correct to start with mm. when you take it in post you can take it so much further you okay. know mm -hmm. so um, when I'm um, photographing my, my most skin tones mm. um I usually start at half a stop and we'll, we'll go with that and then I, I might go to one stop, but, but always between half to one stop if it's mm -hmm. a very light skin tone mm -hmm. and half to one stop under if I'm photographing a darker skin tone because you don't want uh, a darker skin tone to look overexposed because, again, it, 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 like it, it doesn't look right. Yeah. Great. Okay. Okay. So – if that's an issue, the workaround as you're sort of finding your feet with this style of exposing is to bracket your portraits until you get the hang of it and then you'll notice that there will be like a pattern will develop. So I recommend that when you're shooting portraits to try shooting a stop under and a stop over and so you can see the difference. Right. Mm. All okay, right. that so, makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So. I, I for this one I'd actually recommend that you have a look in the show notes because there's uh, a lot of uh, good examples there that you can really see the difference and uh, what how Hans was getting at when <laughs> um, when he was uh, you know creating these cameras. So we should yeah. interview Hans. I'd love to have Hans on the show. Do you think yeah. he'd come on? Well, why not? Right? Yeah, <laughs> we should ask him. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Let's we'll, we'll 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 see. We'll see. We'll see if we can get Hans. We'll let you know. Reach, reaching out to Hans. Yeah. If you know Hans, put put him in touch. The book would love that. Yeah, we're keen um, we're keen to talk to him. <clears throat> so how's that, Val? Does that all make sense for you? That makes sense. That is that's a I love the way you can just make things simple. Oh good. All right, yeah. great. Fantastic. Great. Well, right. so that is this week's uh, topic, camera meeting ring modes explained. And I'm sure you'll all agree that uh, we definitely, Gina definitely did that without the need of a science degree. And of course, we, <laughs> <laughs> we've got hashtag Gina challenge every week. Last week it was cliches and we got so many responses, which was great. So what do you think hashtag Gina challenge should be this week? Now, if, if you're new to the podcast, basically every week we have a new challenge and we uh, have, have a different topic each week. As, as mentioned last week, it was cliches. Other times it's, you know, speed lights. Other times it's portraits. Uh, this week, since we've been talking about uh, metering and about average of grey, you know, <laughs> um, 
that Hans has created. What is the hashtag for this week? So I think um, this week's Gina challenge should be uh, 50 Shades of Grey, Val. Oh, of course. Okay. <laughs> hashtag Gina challenge, hashtag 50 Shades of Grey. We look forward to seeing what you come up with uh, <laughs> with that theme for this week. In the meantime, what are you going to be up to till we Speak again, Gina. What are you shooting and doing? Oh, and my that? God. So more shooting and um, let's, so more editorial. I'm also uh, I'm working on a, f- a few big shoots at the moment. So um, pre-production and then I've got a lot of um, editing to do, Val. Yeah, right. Uh, what will I be doing? Well, we will be launching your gold membership soon. So I will be uh, um, working on that. It's very exciting. I'm so keen to welcome mm. people into the community. It yeah, should be really wait. fun. I'm so excited about the, the new course, uh, Calling the Shots, How to Direct and Pose Like a Pro. Uh, there's so It's just jam-packed full of stuff and we've, we've included a lot of bonuses for people who are joining um, the, the gold membership especially the founding God membership. So I'm busy, Jaina. Yes. <laughs> and I'm hoping to get my health back as in, you know, just fully recover from the flu so that yeah. I can get back into the gym and, you know, be, just become normal again. Really. Yeah, of course. Mm. Anyway, uh, where do we find you online? So uh, I'm at uh, Gina Militia, G-I-N-A-M-I-L-I-C-I-A. That's on Twitter and Instagram and uh, at the website, GinaMilitia.com, Val, and uh, in the Facebook group. Yes, and you'll find me at Valerie Koo, that's K-H-O-O, on Instagram and Twitter and very easy to find on Facebook, also in the Facebook group. And, uh, you know, do reach out to us. We'd love to hear what you think about this episode and, of course, this podcast. So until we chat to you again, thank you so much for listening. Talk to you then. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer. For more information, free resources, and Gina's regular newsletter on everything you need to know to become a successful photographer, visit GinaMilitia.com.